All right, everybody, welcome everybody to another episode of our Labs Open Office Hour. Uh, this week we have the most of the team. Don is uh, bowing out for this week because uh, his testing and stuff was being a little weird. Um, so we have Matt, Kelly, and William joining us today to talk about the uh, you know the AMD Ryzen five thousand stuff that just happened. What just yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. Was it so, really just yesterday? I know, <laughs> right? It, it was a lot, and so at least for me, was my my big question uh, for kind of all of you guys just to start: was any of this um, a surprise? Mm. I, yes, I guess I'll know. Know. Oh, okay, go, go ahead, ahead. William. Yeah, go ahead, William. Okay. I was going to say, it's always, uh, manufacturers always seem to claim more than they actually deliver. I mean, they want to put their stuff in the best light. So when AMD was saying they were going to have huge performance gains and stuff, especially before they even showed any benchmarks, really, it was kind of one of those skeptical things. But uh once yeah. they showed a lot of benchmark results when they first announced it like a month ago. And I mean, unless they were, you know, buying, it looked from that point on, uh, not, you know, once that happened, I wasn't surprised by these results, but, uh, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest surprise for me wasn't even actually AMD. Um, I, I guess I just haven't realized how, poor the Intel X series are at this point in a lot of things. Uh, just because, I mean, they're like the probably the oldest architecture that's like current gen across both Intel and AMD right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's been, the, it's been the longest time since an update. So it makes sense that like, yeah, CPUs with the same number of cores are going to do better than them because they're just... You know, because it's basically just been like Skylake over and over again, right? Um, yeah, and a lot of stuff, but like at least like on the the core series, like we have the tenth gen, like the ten nine hundred K that was launched, you know, not that long ago, mm-hmm. and like it's still good, like it's still a solid CPU. But just the X series have been so long since there's been an update uh, yeah. that it just. I don't know if I had any time where the X series even like competed against Ryzen, whereas like the Intel 10th gen stuff, every once in a while it, it could because the single threaded performance was still deep, was decent, so it could at least compete there if not on pure core count. Although mm-hmm. it is a little bit weird because because AMD ri- raised <laughs> they raising the prices of of their CPUs. Oh, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> by, by like fifty bucks. It actually puts like the 10900K from Intel kind of in the same ballpark as the Ryzen 7 5800X. And so that in that point, Intel actually kind of has a core advantage because the 10900K is 10 cores. The 5800X is eight cores, right? So um, I think there was like a few places where I think maybe it beat it just because of that, um, that Intel stayed on top. But that's also just it's just weird that like. I wish that Intel and AMD would cooperate and set all of their pricing the same, but you know that's never going to happen. <laughs> right, the pricing yeah. and number of cores. Yeah, because like trying that's... to set up like comparisons, it's like, well, that's they're not the far. same price, and nothing has the same number of cores. So like, how do you compare these different things, apples yeah. to apples? Hmm. Well, and especially when you get into again the X series, because the X series yeah. are higher priced. They're more along the same price as the fifty nine hundred X and the fifty nine fifty X, but. Yeah, it's just it's a weird because at least a lot of my stuff, like a lot of video and photo uh, applications, especially very single threaded. So 
it's not uncommon for the 10900K to beat all of the X-Series, even though the X-Series are way more expensive. So comparing Intel and AMD on price is kind of misleading. I think we're going to get into some charts in a bit, but like, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's almost a little misleading saying that like, oh yeah, AMD is 40% faster than Intel. But like, yeah, but if you were using the right CPU from Intel, it'd be cheaper and it would only be, you know, right. 20% faster. So it's still a big win, but yeah. I, I have noticed too that... Um, Years ago, it seemed that there was a clear difference between like the consumer and then the high-end desktop and then like server and stuff. And it, and it seems like AMD still kind of has a distinction there with with uh, Ryzen, Threadripper, and Epic, but it still kind of blurs the lines, I think, between mm-hmm. Ryzen and Threadripper quite a lot. And yeah. that's that's really I feel like that kind of ties in with a lot of this chaos of trying to compare back and forth. Yeah. It's, it's it's weird. Well, it's overall better. I think the reason why there's some blurring now is because all CPUs have really good single-threaded performance now. Like sure. all of the Ryzen CPUs, like if you look at gaming benchmarks, like most of these CPUs kind of score about the same because mm-hmm. the single threaded performance is very similar. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, like the Ryzen or the Threadripper CPUs have really good th- single threaded performance. You know, finally, the old Threadrippers had terrible single thread performance. Um, so now on a lot of these workloads, like, yeah, you could spend $300 on a CPU. You could spend, you know, $2,000 and it's about the same. It just depends on your workload. And for like end consumers, that's awesome because now you're not having to give up, you know, giving up performance here to get performance here. You can just like, yeah, I can benefit from more cores. So I'll just like benefit across the board. So it's nice across the board, but yeah. So what about you, Kelly? Uh, yeah, yep. go ahead. I'd say, and with the single threaded in like the gaming benchmarks, like the only way to get a CPU to have a performance um, benefit to gaming in that level is to like do a 1080p, take all the ray tracing stuff off, limit your stuff to really make it CPU bound. And at that point, you're starting to get hundreds of frames per second. I saw oh, some sure. reviews that people are doing, you know, two, three hundred FPS. Um, one of my tests, I got the Ryzen was giving me like four hundred FPS. Like, at what point is it not even yeah. matter anymore? Yeah. Um, there is still a lot of that for like latency and per and like professional gaming uh, communities, but for most people, like it doesn't matter. So you can get whatever CPU works yeah. and still get like, good did- performance. Didn't Linus or something get like 700 FPS in CSGO or something? Yeah. It's like, I can see like 240 FPS or a bit higher because aren't there 240 hertz monitors now? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Like, I don't, the actual usefulness of it, I, I don't know, but technically there is yeah. a, a difference. But once you get above that, like, yeah. I, I equate some of that stuff to like Nike bragging about some special swimsuit they made for the Olympics. Like, like yeah, that like fraction of a percent of human beings that can compete at that level will see a benefit. Right. The rest of us is not going to matter. It's the, the same thing. Our beards is way more drag than. Right. <laughs> For the rest of us, like that kind of game performance, eh, it's not going to help me be any better at CSGO because I'm just bad. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have a question coming in from YouTube. Um, it's vaguely related to AMD. Um, here, let me pop it up here. Phalometris Likaios? I'm sorry, I probably butchered that. But uh, it says, I have a question. Will the new AMD GPUs with 16 gigabytes of VRAM will have a significant performance boost for video editing? Um, And they they did go on to uh, compare to a 3080 that only has 10. I guess that's a question for me. Um, 
performance no uh vram it, it's just like storage on your system or normal ram like you have to have enough so it might enable you to do different things so going from 10 gigs to 16 um what would it unlock uh maybe 8 8k editing and davinci resolve uh what you'd be able to really do reliably um Premiere Pro should be fine even with 10 gigs in DaVinci Resolve. Now, if you started adding on things like uh, you use the neat video noise reduction or something that heavily uses the GPU, yeah, you can, it might be too much. Uh, but the, as far as performance goes, the problem is that AMD is pretty darn behind, and especially like the Adobe apps, even Blackmagic these days. Um, we posted all the RTX uh, articles, what was it, like last week was our last mm-hmm. big round update when the 3070 launched. Um, so you can go to our site and and find those. Uh, but it's pretty much across the board, AMD is way behind. So the new video cards, I think when someone asked this before, um, it looked like AMD would have to double performance with the new video cards to make them uh, on par with NVIDIA. And that's just Adobe loves CUDA. Right. Um, I mean, for whatever reason. I mean, I'm not a developer, so I can't tell you why. But <laughs> Adobe really does. Even Blackmagic, they used to be... AMD used to be pretty darn strong in Blackmagic, but over time, it's starting to shift over to NVIDIA. Um, and a lot of that's just because AMD focuses so heavily on gaming with the, their video cards. Like, if you watch the... the um, announcement was it like last week everything was gaming like oh yeah across the board that's it that that's all they focus on for video cards uh at least on the radeon line is just gaming so like productivity and video editing i would be surprised if amd comes out on top of nvidia um unless you are on like a tight budget and you need that amount of vram because you want to edit like 8k and resolve then performance kind of goes out the window because you don't care because you need to be able to just like do anything but on the other hand if you're on that tight of a budget something like a proxy workflow is probably the better way to go anyway (laughs) all right uh oh this will be a good question so uh, from twitch actually 1977 all out asks i need to make a new system for autocad what is good to get yes that's for you, William. Uh, well, the new Ryzen processor should be the way to go. We haven't gotten to our engineering testing yet, uh, but based on the single-threaded performance we're seeing everywhere else, uh, yeah, I'd say really probably like a 5800X should be pretty solid. Uh, if you're not doing a lot of rendering and stuff, that's the one that kind of has the same high clock speeds that the higher core count ones do. The 5600X is a little bit lower in that regard. So yeah, 5800X should be solid. If you also do a lot of rendering, which I imagine in AutoCAD, you're probably not doing a ton, but if that was something you were big into, then stepping up to one of the higher end Ryzen would give you some boost there, but isn't really gonna help in just your modeling and stuff. Simulation should be pretty darn good with these ones too, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess it depends on what you're doing. I think a lot of AutoCAD users aren't super into simulation, but I, yeah, it's it depends. Um, we should be having some tests. I don't think we're necessarily going to have anything in AutoCAD, but some Revit and solid work tests coming in the next month or so. Um, cool. Yeah. Stuff like AutoCAD, though, like you don't do simulation in AutoCAD. You don't do rendering in AutoCAD. It, yeah. Like Inventor, maybe, but... So another one come, coming from YouTube, Garrett Reviews asks, uh, do we have motherboards that are really ready to harness all that power? I feel like motherboards get lower priority when it comes to upgrades and are always trying to play catch up. 
at least with Ryzen, I think we're set. Like, yeah. there's no new chipset. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we're, we're using X570 and the B550 boards. If because mm-hmm. B550 for micro ATX, and uh, there's finally a gigabyte board that supports Thunderbolt and like actually works. So that's why we're carrying that, that B550 gigabyte board. But um, the X570s have been solid, and we had like no problems at, at all in our testing. Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's like super cheapo boards. Like, I wouldn't use a fifty dollar motherboard with one of these CPUs, but I wouldn't recommend a fifty dollar motherboard ever. <laughs> I, I did. I did see some something on. I think it was Tom's Hardware that there's like a rumor somebody's running a fifty eight or fifty nine fifty X on this sixty five dollar ASRock board. Oh, do it. <laughs> like it's that's like. That's how you have a bad time. It's yeah. like cheaping out on power supply. You don't cheap on your power supply and you don't, don't cheap out on your motherboard. Because those are the things especially that like you'll get random weird issues that you can never track down because it's super inconsistent. Like, nah, spend some money on it. Especially AMD. Their motherboards, like, is it generally you get three generations of CPU support unless they have to change the socket? So, like, that's that's pretty good. Get a yeah. good quality board and you'll be set for a while. I like that. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Another question from YouTube. Wow. I love that we're getting a bunch of questions. Uh, for Manenberg Films, question on overclocking in Ryzen Master using the auto tools. Do you advise it on a production system? Nope. <laughs> you can take out the part about Ryzen Master at all and just overclocking production system. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually, even if you look up like reviews, don't they only get like, it's like single digit performance improvements these days with overclocking it's just not worth it yeah yeah sometimes like the auto tools are all right because they they're usually pretty conservative but i still don't recommend it because any little bit of hiccup like that's just yeah i don't know one blue screen that like loses your days of work or like even an hour of work like yeah hey you've lost all of that performance gain yeah but that's also our philosophy. Like we're super conservative on that stuff. We're super big on the reliability and like uptime. Like Mm -hmm. if you're building your own system and you can like tweak it and keep up to date on it and all that kind of stuff, it probably would be fine. It's the same reason we dropped liquid cooling years ago. Like liquid cooling can be fine if you build your own computer and you know how to maintain it. If you're getting a computer from someone else, all we found is like they never even like check fluid levels. They never check anything. And then it just like explodes one day and then it comes back and it's covered in gunk coolant and it's gross. <laughs> we used to do overclocking at Puget, but mm-hmm. um, what was it? The, the 6950? Does that sound right? On X99? Sounds like, like a new video card these days. <laughs> yeah, I can't keep the numbers straight anymore. But like every single one of those boards or CPUs that came back from the field was an overclock system. Oh, but the non-overclock systems like almost never failed. And we're we had fairly conservative overclocks going too. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to do it for your gaming, go for it. But I wouldn't do it on a production machine. Uh, there's an interesting one from Twitch. MPR1999 asks, would universities and governments still stick with Intel due to their brand name and history of reliability versus anything new? Quite possibly. We were just talking about that in the product management team, um, that there's still going to be a lot of those holdouts that are concerned about reliability. Even though we've been selling Ryzen and Threadripper for a couple of years now, and we're competent in it, 
um, a lot of these universities are like, no, we need the 10 years of uh, solid reliability that you see with Intel um, before we would consider switching over. So we're still going to see a lot of Intel sales that are just that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I do think it's a little bit... So AMD, I always have to separate like the GPU side from the CPU side too, because right. GPU, I, I feel like they still got a lot of work to do on like their drivers and reliability and stability. <laughs> CPU, I, I hearing that. yeah, but CPU, like they've been great. I think it's been a while since I looked up stats, but last time I looked, as far as like support tickets, Intel and AMD were pretty darn close. Like uh, Ryzen, like the 2000 series and like the first gen Ryzen, I think they were higher than uh, Intel, but these days i think they're yeah they're very neck and neck to the point that it's hard to draw any conclusions from it mm. Mm. the first gen threadripper we had a lot of problems with in house um once we got them up and running they were great like there wasn't a lot of stuff coming back from support or anything like that but it was a lot of work to get them to work yeah now second it's just, gen Sorry. Yeah, second gen, it started to get better, and now it's just like you throw it together and it's ready to go. Although I do remember second gen, we got more returns because of um, expected performance wasn't where they, they wanted it. Mm. Um, and that was because Threadripper, the second gen, well, first gen too, uh, had really, really poor single-threaded performance. It was mm -hmm. really only good for highly threaded stuff. So what we found is some people like, like even in like uh like post production like video editing like it'd be super awesome for like exporting like be the fastest thing out there but then someone would get the system and it'd just be it'd feel clunkier for things like importing media and actually working on things because that's all single threaded so mm. but that's that's outside of the scope of like reliability <laughs> and all that yeah well it's it's hard to kind of convey those sort of those feel like the feel of working you know the, the subjective you know we, we get we often get questions about like hey how's this brush going to react or like how the sliders and and even scrubbing i think is mm -hmm. it's subjective but i feel like that one you can kind of get an idea for mm -hmm. uh, yeah well that's why uh, we did a recent thing with adobe about their gpu decoding that was in premiere pro and um instead of doing like our normal benchmarks and putting in, up numbers we just did videos sets of screen caps or screen recordings with like scrubbing and stuff and just put them side by side so you can just see like before GPU decoding, after GPU decoding. Yeah. And I feel like that worked really well. It's harder to like, it's hard when there's not a number that's just like, oh yeah, it's 20% faster. But yeah, for those kind of things, it's that's the only way to do it. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Well, here's a good one for Kelly, I think. Timo oh. TT on YouTube says, how popular is NVIDIA physics in games today? Uh, I don't really know. Honestly, can't answer that. Okay. <laughs> I wonder how many people still have those old physics cards. Yeah, right? Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of been mor morphed into other things, and it's, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Wikipedia's list is up to date or not, but the most recent title Wikipedia lists with that it was from 2016. Um, well, no, there's a 2021. Like the Tomb Raider game or something? Now there's a couple more. There's a but it's it certainly doesn't look like it's a big, huge deal. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been engine thing too. Yeah, I think it's just grown into other things, and people are doing more stuff without relying on Nvidia. Um, 
yeah, so I, I don't know where it, where it stands right now. Okay. All right. Uh, well, hey, do you guys want to move on to showing off your results? Yeah, sure. Let's do that and go back into questions. Yeah. All right. So I already have Matt's clicked on. So, oh. <laughs> so whoop. Yeah, let me take a <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I want to try to go through this stuff kind of quick because I think there's a lot of things that are just like, I don't know, kind of the same. So I tried to group my stuff, uh, photo. So like Photoshop and Premiere or Photoshop and Lightroom, sorry. Mm -hmm. And then video. Uh, so Premiere, After Effects and Resolve. Um, and so I also wanted to look at versus previous gen and then versus similarly priced Intel, which I mean, we were talking about before isn't always a fair comparison, but eh, whatever. Um, so uh, first of all here, so this is Photoshop, Lightroom Classic versus previous gen. It's basically Photoshop is amazing versus the previous generation. So the, the 3000 series. Um, and that's because Photoshop is pretty darn single threaded. So that 19% IPC or instructions per clock they were talking about pretty much just directly translates. Pretty legit. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's that's pretty amazing. Like, yeah, 20% performance gain is amazing. Like, usually the biggest we see from one gen of CPUs to the next is like 10% or something like that. I think that's pretty mm -hmm. standard. So good job. Um, Lightroom's a little bit lower. Uh, it uses... A, there's a lot of weird things in Lightroom, honestly. So it's really hard to like <laughs> guesstimate how different CPUs will perform. Uh, it uses more cores. It has more stuff with like AVX2 or AVX512 or all these other instruction sets in the background. So it's it's tough, but still, I'd call it like an average of 10% over the previous gen. Like that's very standard, I, I would say. So fine there. Photoshop is amazing though. Um, let me see, how can I change? versus uh intel that's where it gets like super crazy um and so these photoshop results these two down here are pretty darn accurate i would say so like the 56x versus the 10600k 5800x versus 10900k um that 22 percent is awesome 10 percent solid um i would say um and i i did these based on whatever was the closest msrp so the 10900k is technically more expensive but the 10700k is even more less expensive than the 5800x if that makes any sense like it's a 40 dollar upgrade versus a 80 dollar downgrade or something like that so um but then versus the x series like because photoshop is so single threaded and the X-Series doesn't have all those advancements that, like, the latest, the 10th gens and the Ryzen's and even the Threadivers have. It just doesn't, they don't do as great. They don't hold up as much um, versus the, the newer stuff. So that's where you get, like, these numbers, like, 40% faster than Intel and, <laughs> you know, 40% over here. But, like, if you look at this score for this 10900X versus the 10900K, like, you'd be better off, like putting this over, you know, comparing these two if you're actually going to be configuring a system for, like, Photoshop. So in that case, it's it's more closer to this 10% performance gain that we were seeing with the other one. So it's basically Photoshop, it levels out at the 5800X, and then all the other Ryzen's are basically the same performance. So you're just paying more money. So okay. not great for that. Um, Lightroom is kind of along the same lines. Like, there's less gain at the bottom end, a little bit more here at the middle. Uh, a little less at the upper. The X-Series hold up a little bit better because it uses more cores. Uh, but again, you'd probably actually use the 10900K, which I believe versus the 5900X and the 5950X is more like a 20% performance gain with those. So it's still going with Ryzen. You can get a 20% higher performance out of Lightroom Classic than Intel. So like that's still a solid win. It's just not that's a big. 30 40 percent win <laughs> yeah. so. so just to interject real quick mpr 1999 was asking would you buy a thread ripper with the figures shown um or is a new version due out soon 
Uh, Threadripper, uh, I'm trying to remember what I saw. I think I saw about 10% lower single-threaded performance with Threadripper. Uh, all this stuff, Threadripper was included in all of our testing and like all of the X-Series, um, I think the 10700K too. So um, I don't know if we should even put it into the the... the comments or the chat and all of these things but the, we have a roundup article that has all of our testing results that you can go through and you can look at how threadripper would actually compare i think in these two threadripper doesn't really make sense maybe it doesn't lightroom if you export a whole lot um in other applications threadripper can be better it's more expensive uh, but it just comes down to you know time versus money how much time will it save you to spend that extra money um but so definitely check out the articles for those because yeah, Threadripper is just a lot more expensive. So to keep things from going, you know, four hours here with all of us talking about our results, I kind of just wanted to hone in on these guys. Yeah. Uh, and then I can also quickly talk about um, for like video kind of stuff. So again, After Effects, Premiere, and Resolve, um, a little bit more data in here. But it's basically After Effects is more lightly threaded, so there's more performance gain with a low newer Ryzen series over the old ones. Premiere Pro and DaVinci Resolve is less, and DaVinci Resolve uses the GPU a whole lot heavier, so it's less. In, the CPU itself has less of an impact overall compared to something like After Effects. So, um, what would you say? That, that's like After Effects, about a 15% performance gain across the board. Premiere Pro, probably 5%. Resolve, yeah, maybe about 5% too. It's a little less, especially at that, that uh, 5950X versus 3950X is interesting that it's like they're basically the same so yeah yeah so that's kind of versus amd um but if once you start comparing to intel again like yeah it's, it, it starts to get pretty nuts again um after effects is particularly well at the bottom end with the 5600x super awesome like at that budget range that 5600x is just like solid like the higher end CPUs, like the 5800X, is probably going to be worth it for most people if you can swing that extra, what is it, like 100 bucks or 150, whatever it is. Um, but at that budget point, like it just demolishes Intel across like everything. Um, and then again, super huge uh, gains over the X series, but somewhat artificial there, somewhat not fair to Intel because the 10900K is faster. So that would actually, I think, again, turn into like a 20% rather than a 40%. Okay. Um, Premiere Pro, though, that is where the X series really ha- holds value. Um, the 10900X, not quite as much. Well, and even the 10940X, I think the 10980X is a little bit better, but that's outside the price range of these guys. But still, like, you know, 12%, 20%, 12%. That's awesome. Uh, the one win that I'd say for Intel uh, came about right here with Premiere Pro. Uh, technically, the 5800X was a percent faster than the 10900K, <laughs> but um, it's using the GPU for decoding and encoding H.264 and HEVC media, um, mm-hmm. which is great. Like, that's amazing that we can do that. That's one of the reasons, really, that AMD can compete in Premiere Pro now is because Premiere Pro added that GPU decoding and encoding. Um, whereas before you had to use Intel QuickSync. So that was like an auto win because everyone uses H.264 and HVC and being able to use QuickSync, like it's massively better. Um, so, but now that we have GPU decoding, AMD can actually compete on a level playing field. But when the performance is this close, I would probably still go Intel because that you can use Intel QuickSync, which is on the CPU to do that work. And it frees up your GPU to do anything else. So it's just breaking up things um, across multiple components because then you can use the GPU for GPU effects, processing red footage, um, 
I don't know, streaming. Maybe you want to stream at the same time and you can use Invink or whatever it's called. Um, so the one win for Intel right there, you know, <laughs> at least from all of my testing, is, is that. Um, and then DaVinci Resolve going down. Uh, there's, yeah, the 10900K does okay. So if you have a 10900K system, it's like, meh, it's fine, 5%. You're probably not going to notice it. But the other points, like, yeah, it starts to get a lot better. Um I do wonder in DaVinci Resolve how much of that is because PCIe Gen 4 on Ryzen. Because oh. all the Intel platforms are still Gen 3. And because Resolve uses the GPU so heavily, I think I would expect that there would be a little bit of performance gain um, once Intel moves up to Gen 4, assuming Ooh. that's in whatever next product they're launching, whenever that is. In fact, I think they had some like announcement about something. But it's I don't hard. remember what was in it, so I probably shouldn't speculate. <laughs> I, I do remember earlier in the year they had announced they were going to talk about a motherboard in, in uh, I think, this month, actually. Or at least towards the end of the year, there was going to be an Intel PCIe 4 board from someone. Yeah. Well, and they, they, they did something like last week, like in response to Ryzen, talking about like double digit um, IPC yeah, increases, yeah. which, I mean, could be 10% to 99%. Um and I can't. I just can't remember if they announced PCIe Gen four or not. So I don't want to. Thought it was in there. I thought. I thought so. But but, but if no. they do, basically that that alone might allow Intel to to um, make up a lot of this ground, at least in DaVinci Resolve. I don't think it'll help much for like anything Adobe, but in Resolve it might help quite a bit. Hmm. So. That was my, like, as condensed as I could make it <laughs> talking about, like, the things I tested. All right. That's good. That's pretty cool. I like I like seeing this very easily digestible. I like nice. seeing those kinds of things. So uh, let's go ahead and we'll move on to William. All right. Well, so uh, things I was mostly testing this time around with Ryzen, like I mentioned earlier, the engineering stuff we haven't gotten to yet, but rendering and photogrammetry were the things that we do have results for for and again, I'd recommend really strongly going and looking at our website, the, the links that Houston put out there in chat. will take you to all of the results. There are way too many to be showing them all here. But I thought this, this chart or these pair of charts probably do the best job summing things up. This is Cinebench R20, so the latest version of Cinebench, which measures rendering performance in Cinema 4D's built-in engine. Uh, and on the left there, you've got the full rendering performance using all the cores in the CPU. And it's it's even kind of hard to tell just because there's so many numbers here, but there's pretty solid gains uh, from the previous generation, Ryzen 3000 series up to the 5000. That's in the ballpark of 10 to 15% uh, better, which you know, same number of cores, it's just pure per core performance increases. Um, and then on the right-hand side, you've got the single core test. So basically the same test, but isolating it to just a single thread running. And again, you can see the, the four top scores there are the new Ryzen processors, and they are way faster than anything else out there when it comes to single-threaded performance like that. Um, in the ballpark of, what is that, about 20% faster than the previous gen? Um which is interesting that when just one thread is running, I'm assuming probably able to hold high turbo clock speeds better or something along those lines, uh, where not all of the cores are operating is my guess as to why that's so much higher than the multi-threaded gains. Huh. But it's really quite impressive. And someone was asking about Threadripper earlier, and you can see that the darker red lines there are the Threadripper processors. So that the old Ryzen's were a tiny bit faster, 
on single threaded. The new ones are way faster. Yeah. And uh, I would expect, I mean, AMD, this is the first Zen Zen 3 microarchitecture processors. Presumably, they're going to roll those into the next generation of Threadripper. And it was, what, three to six months from Ryzen 3rd Gen to the Threadrippers we have now. So maybe in the next three to six months, it would be reasonable to expect at least news about a future Threadripper. So that that would be exciting. It would be really cool to see 64 cores and these crazy high single-threaded clock speeds uh, together. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, and then in photogrammetry, the charts are just so all over the place. It wouldn't make sense to just show one or two, but in almost all the uh, photogrammetry applications, the new processors were between 10 and 20% faster than the previous gen. And that was enough of a boost to put them past anything else. In, in Metashape, for example, it used to be that the Core i9 10900K was the best one. The new Ryzen's match or beat that. And in uh, in Reality Capture and Pix40, the Threadrippers, uh, like the 24 and 32 core Threadrippers were the top performers. And again, the new performance on these Ryzen chips is enough to push them past those. So um, pretty much for everything short of like crazy multi-threaded rendering, I'd go with a Ryzen these days. And then for the crazy multi-threaded rendering, go with a Threadripper or wait and see if a new Threadripper comes out in the in the next half year. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, nice. for the price, these new CPUs are amazing, For even for, like, like high core count rendering. It's just, mm-hmm. you can't get more if you've got the budget. Exactly, yeah. Um, and uh, I expect the story to be basically the same in engineering. And in engineering, primarily, you end up with single or lightly threaded stuff for modeling and, you know, drawings, things like that that you're doing. And then a moderate thread count, usually for simulations, kind of depending on what sort of simulations you're doing, and then high thread count if you're doing rendering. Uh, so I expect it to be a very good story there too. We just need to get around to testing and those applications need different video cards and things like that. So we couldn't really loop them and, and uh, include them in our bulk testing that we were doing. Hmm. Nice. Uh, it says uh, somebody on YouTube has mentioned in Milan Epic chips got leaked today, so new Threadrippers huh. are coming. Well, I'm sure they're coming, but I also do <laughs> not believe leaks ever. There's so many things that like we see on the internet show up. I'm not saying that is this case, and like we do have some NDA information from you know working with Intel, NVIDIA, and AMD, and it's just, just seeing the things that people come up with sometimes, mm-hmm. just like. Where yeah. is like making that up from? Yeah. Like the twenty gig thirty uh, seventies or whatever thirty eighties. Yeah, thirty eighties, which then were canceled. Yeah, was it rumored yeah. to be canceled? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they were rumored to exist and then rumored to cancel. And yeah. I, well, now and I saw something again where someone was rumoring them again. It's like, uh-huh. and even those leaks, like. like even if it is something that they're looking at, doesn't mean that that's what we're going to get. Like they yeah. could be like, Hey, we're going to try to do this thing. Then at some point they're like, eh, it's not worth it. Scrap it. Yeah. Like it not worth paying attention to. Yeah. yeah. All right, Kelly, what, what have you got for charts? Uh, I think quite so fancy as last time. Um, <laughs> but the same story as everyone else, I'm seeing 10 to 20% increase from the previous generation, um, pretty much in every test I did. Um, so I took, oh no, I didn't take Threadripper off. Oh, that's funny, I meant to take Threadripper off. 
Um, I was taking it off just to like make the chart more readable. But yeah, it, like AMD is just running with everything. Threadripper just destroys everything that I do. Um, like it's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Everything's so multi-threaded. But so I was trying to like not show that and be like, hey, look, this is the real story. Um, the 5000 series, though, is just, as you can see, compiling code. Um, the Ryzen 9 12 core is beating the 10980XE. Like, wow. And that happens in a couple of tests. Um, all my charts look basically the same, so I wasn't going to go through each one individually. Okay. Um, the one I want to talk about is FPS because that's one of the AMD's big like headlines because they're they're targeting games and all right. that kind of stuff. So 1080p ray tracing off. You can see I had to rerun these tests because I didn't believe that this was correct, um, but it was. You can see they have massive um, FPS gains at 1080p over the previous generation and are in fact leading the 10900K. I was really surprised. But on a professional level, 4K ray tracing on, it's all, it's basically a flat line. There's a couple of frames per second difference, but that's easily within the margin of error. Could be something, a little Windows process running in the background that took away a couple of frames. Um, so while that is a, a talking point, um, for most of our users, it's not really an issue. So you can get whatever CPU, even Threadripper, and it's all going to be about the same. Mm -hmm. um, so overall, the average of all this charts you saw before, Ryzen is just in any price point, any core comparison, Ryzen takes it all. Um, it looks like by sorry, the, the, the 5800X to the 10900K are like almost exactly the same, right? Yeah, that's the one place where Intel is still somewhat competitive because they get um, almost exactly the same performance. So the 10900 has 1,000 points. The 5800X is 999 points. So Intel like, wins. Yeah, it could be either way. Intel um, wins if you want to spend 50 bucks more, not have PCI Express right. Gen 4, pay more for the motherboard probably. Yeah. Hey, so like, hey, hey, let them have their win. Yeah. If you're no, looking at that price range, no, you can go either way, whatever you feel like. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I don't know. For me, this was the one that, like, I loved the most. Just that these two CPUs are annihilating everything that Intel has to offer at, what, 750 for the 5950X? 800, I think. 800 compared to 1,000 for the 10980 and then 599 for the 5900X. And, like, that's tying the um, 10980XE. Yeah. It's just... After I got through all my charts, I really couldn't find a reason to say, yeah, you should try Intel for a Unreal thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you wanted to do a 10900K for the gaming performance, but as you saw with the FPS, AMD actually still wins. So I, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, really, there's, there's just no competition, really. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was a huge win for AMD, man. <laughs> yeah, there was several times I had to like rerun things because, like, no, that can't be the score that they got. That's so run cool. it. It's the same, and like, okay. 
so what it is so we did have a previous question um from miniature viking on twitch he asks with the testing that puget systems has done are there any use cases where you would recommend a 5950x over a 5900 yeah sure yeah quite a few yeah um for me i think in some video editing applications it can make sense it's not a lot though um so it has to be one you have to be in that situation where like you want the best because any sort of amount of performance increase is going to save you money through your job you know kind of stuff you know time is money kind of a thing i think the most of the time i I, my stuff like the most it is is like five percent faster so it's not a lot but if time is money yeah go for it yeah, all my stuff is multi-threaded, so if you want to, if you can afford the extra, it's gonna help. Um, yeah, I'm sure the same thing with rendering, like yeah, like seems like uh, coding, like compiling, mm-hmm. uh, programming stuff, rendering. Uh, what else is like a general? Kind of those yeah, two are probably the two biggest. Yeah, it's simulations. Simulations, probably. Yeah. yeah. What was that, William? I said the encoding part of video stuff, right, Matt? Is is generally yeah. Sometimes a lot of that stuff, though, now with with like hardware acceleration, the CPU just isn't a factor as much anymore. Like it, it can make it a little bit of a difference, but the difference between fifty nine hundred X and fifty nine fifty X is like yeah percent. So it doesn't matter as much. Nice, nice. That's really cool. Hang on, let me scroll back see if there was any other questions we may have missed. There was a couple of good ones on there. I saw. They've been getting a lot of good ones today. Yeah, I really. That's really cool. Uh, let's see. Timo TT was that? Oh no, actually, here I'm gonna skip that one for a second. Peter Pearson, any numbers uh, yet for Zen Three running SolidWorks <laughs> open and rebuild time? Not SolidWorks yet. We're uh, we're gonna be testing that this month, but uh, have to use different video cards. We were using 3080s for all of this big roundup of testing we did, and uh, SolidWorks needs. Um, quadro cards of some kind uh, and we don't really even carry many of those in our labs department so i'm gonna have to probably special request some from inventory when i'm ready to do that testing yeah hmm. there was one question houston uh talking mm-hmm. about pch fans can you find that guy oh sure yeah uh, the oh, jimbo, jimbo, chambers. jimbo yeah. chambers on twitch i really want to switch to ryzen but the pch fans have put me off too much to go ryzen uh have you guys had any mini fail I don't think all of the boards have them. Like, I think it tends to be on the X570. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of those tend to have them because that's a higher-end chipset. Uh, but a lot of the B550 boards, which we've kind of moved uh, to some of those in our line, and, and somebody else can double-check, but I think a lot of those do not have the chipset fans. Right. Yeah, I know At least not the board we carry. Just off, Yeah, just off the top of my head, I know one option for our ITX board does not. One of them does. Um, but that, that was just the most recent thing I read. So, yeah. That was a, another reason why we were looking so hard at B550, even before we found the Threadripper, or the, Threadripper, the Thunderbolt uh, board, was just like we wanted something that didn't have that fan. Yeah, so B550 yeah. was the answer. I think, I think a lot of the, Oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry, I was going to say, I, I think some of the X570 ones, though, like the fan goes passive if it's not needed. Mm-hmm. So at least that, like, yeah, because you have one of those tiny, like, 40 millimeter fans always spinning. Like, yeah, a lot of the older boards back with, like, what was it, Skull Canyon and all those guys, like, those things were terrible. Um, and they, yeah, they broke constantly. 
but I think so these ones they stop spinning, which means they don't clog up with dust as much and, and all that jazz. And like cases are just better. The cases have way better dust filtration. Like they have dust filtration, period. Versus back then we didn't have anything. Um, so I think it's better. But yeah, if I was building a system, I would try to go with like a B550 so that I don't have to have a chipset fan. But I also don't need what what does the X570 get you? It gets you a little bit more chipset. PCIe lanes. Additional lanes is the biggest thing, I think. Is there, there any overclocking? Be, uh, so I there might be I some better support for overclocking, or who knows? But since we don't dabble in that, we don't really notice much. Um, but yeah, I just checked the two, at least the ATX and micro ATX B550 boards we're carrying are fanless. Yeah, so. so the one downside to the B550 ATX board we're going to have is that it does not have a front panel USB C. Oh. Um, adapter so our yeah, phone one work tapped off but you get thunderbolt so it's yeah, yeah. for most of our customers like, like that's way bigger deal yeah for sure <laughs> especially in like video and production stuff like thunderbolt's just massive because all these people that were on apple before they have thousands and thousands of dollars of hard drives that they're still using that are a thunderbolt like it right. makes it so much easier yeah. to move over from Apple to PC when you don't have to redo, you know, tens of thousands of dollars Oof. of storage too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have one question from hard to get on YouTube is AMD CPU GPU good, uh, could be better now for high end PC VR gaming. And I'd like to expand that to be, to maybe cut off the gaming part and just VR in general. We still have to see what the video card is going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's looking like it's going to be good for gaming. Um, I keep hearing mixed stories on what its ray tracing capabilities are, but that's generally not used too much in VR just because it's so demanding and you need to maintain 90 FPS, I think. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not holding my breath for AMD GPUs, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. And then uh, Dave Stewart on YouTube asks, any plans to add Houdini to your testing suite? I would at some like point to. we might. Yeah, it's it's been on our list. Uh, the last time we were looking at it, though, the developers were just completely unresponsive. Um, and because we're doing a lot of testing and like using the applications in ways that they're not made to be used. Because um, like any of these applications, like it's made for someone to like work in, not to like measure performance as much as so sometimes you can do it manually and that's okay but we can't do things manually we have to automate that's like the only way we can do all of our testing and uh last time we tried to establish a relationship there was just zero interest from their side so it's it's a lot harder for us to do testing um when there is not interest on the other side so it's on the list um it's probably I, I don't know. If we did, it probably wouldn't be until like 2022, 2023, just based on the other ones that we want to get to it that sure. are higher priority or we have better relationships with the devs. So, yeah. <clears throat> oh, and then Tim OTT on YouTube was asking, does it make sense to make low end graphics cards or processors anymore? Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't spend much money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's something that's not really inside our scope, but like, I would think so. There's, yeah, there's low end markets. I mean, there's Chromebooks and and all sorts of stuff. So it, I think so. We don't test, test any of that stuff because it's not 
what we focus on, yeah, for, for someone doing serious video editing or photogrammetry or game dev, no, they're not going to want to be using low end CPUs or video cards, mm-hmm. but they're not the whole of the market. You know, we, we kind of cater to a fairly small section of the market, uh, you know, high performance workstation folks. Um, I'm sure that, you know, probably just a few percent of the overall computer market that would be looking for the sort of systems we do. Um, I, I, I would say too. too oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Ah. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll say because I think part of the reason why there is even a uh, a production of lower end graphics cards and, and CPUs is that um, during the manufacturing process there are just bad cuts, bad dies, mistakes, or whatever, and those. Um, I guess bad binning or whatever, those will end up being in those lower tiered uh, products. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you had Intel put out a bunch of CPUs that had the integrated graphics turned off. Those were probably good K series CPUs that just failed a certain kind of testing. So they turned it off, relabeled it, and sold it. Mm-hmm. That's that's how they do like all manufacturing. Like they really just make the high end CPU based. I'm sure there's more nuances to this, but they basically just make the one high end and like, okay, this is the 10900K, but two of the cores failed. Okay, turn off those two. Now it's a 10700K. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Great, done. And honestly, that's how they do it. Because if they had to manufacture like a whole manufacturing process for every model, it's just not possible. That's probably what happened with the 10850K is that mm-hmm. they were just having a hard time getting the 10900K to clock high enough. So like, well, they all the cores work it's just not running as fast as it's supposed to so yeah. we Turn just down. <laughs> call it a different skew then we can sell it mm-hmm. yeah uh the other thing too back to the original question about low-end parts i do also think that like laptops and mobile devices are taking over that market a whole lot more oh, like there's sure. no point in making a you know 300 desktop these days when you can get a 300 laptop that like for the purposes of that person using it, you know, for like going on YouTube and watching videos of cats, like whatever, like, or they just use their phone. Um, So I I think a lot of those things, like I'm still surprised that there's not, I think there's one laptop now that you can like dock your phone and it just works as a keyboard monitor and battery for your phone. Like I want more of those because my phone is plenty powerful for anything I'm doing on the go. Mm -hmm. And I just, so I just want everything in one one thing. Just give me a keyboard and a screen so I can take notes while I'm at like a conference or something. Right. But that's a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right on. Uh, let's see. We've still got about 10 minutes left. Is there anything else you guys would like to mention? I saw one question oh. in chat um, from CVND in uh, YouTube. It says, AMD GPU benches look good. Do you guys think DLSS will pull some advantage back in NVIDIA's way? Oh, so I want to kind of want to talk about this DLSS is, I think, fascinating. Um, DLSS requires the developer, either the game developer or whatever, to work with NVIDIA to get it to work. You can it doesn't just make everything work better. Um, so in certain circumstances, yes, it'll help. AMD is also working on their answer to DLSS, but it's going to take time. Just like AMD's took a couple of generations to actually be useful. Um, so, but then that's just on gaming. Mm-hmm. For production side, I don't see a lot of demand for people to start using it because it's really just displaying something at or rendering something at one resolution and then upscaling it 
in a more efficient way, hmm. which for anything outside of Unreal or a game engine, there's not a use really. And even Unreal, to get DLSS to work in Unreal right now, I have to apply to NVIDIA to get a special um, code to be able to download their um, special branch of Unreal, compile that, log in with my um, NVIDIA information, package my project, and then run that executable to get DLSS working. It doesn't just work in the engine. Wow. So like trying to make something isn't going to help improve anything. So you're not going to see it outside of like AAA titles. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. At least not for a while. Yeah, I see. Uh, uh, oh, Dipanshu on YouTube. He uh, he comments. Uh, some rumors said AMD ray tracing is slower than Nvidia. What does that mean? It might be slower. Mm-hmm. Might be slower. It's their first gen, right? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's their first generation of hardware implementation. Nvidia is on their second. I'm not surprised mm-hmm. by that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, new stuff is always usually has some issues. Either it's not fast, or it's got bugs, or expensive. Same thing with yeah, expensive. Same thing with like uh, Intel's working on their GPUs. Like I don't mm-hmm. expect Intel's GPU when they first released it to like compete with the 3090 from Nvidia. Like no. Like, I'd be happy if it competes with AMD and NVIDIA at any point in the stack because it's their first, you know, thing. Right. So, yeah. And also for in the game in, game industry to do really good um, RTX stuff for ray tracing, you again have to work with NVIDIA directly to get the best optimizations. Mm. Um, the current build, uh, public build of Unreal uses a um, Windows API to do ray tracing. You can get the NVIDIA Direct one, again, going directly to NVIDIA to get it. Yeah. And that's what um, AMD is going to do, is use Windows API to do the ray tracing. So it's more, mm. not necessarily open, but like, like it makes it easier for a developer to implement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not surprised that it's going to be slower because it's first generation, and also they have to work with Windows to work with Microsoft to get their stuff updated and everything. Um, yeah. It'd be kind of like OpenGL versus DirectX. Like it's they're just going to be different things for a while. Does it cost extra to work to work with NVIDIA on DLSS and ray tracing and stuff, or is it just like an application sort of process? Um, it depends on what you want to do. I think. Oh. Okay. Hmm. I think gatekeeping kind of thing, like, oh, give us a thousand dollars or you can't do I'm whatever. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't looked into it. I kind of don't think so because if NVIDIA works with you to get your game to support all their features, that means that your users have to buy their product to get it to work. So right. if you can get paid over there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Probably more they just don't want, sorry, it's probably just more they don't want bad implementation. They don't yeah. want someone to say like, oh yeah, this game has DLSS and then reviewers start using it like, no, nah, this sucks. <laughs> they probably yeah. just don't want that. Okay. Yeah, they can be like, yeah, we'll help you implement it, but we're going to quote your game in our all of our slides whenever we have launched something and we're going to feature you in marketing things and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Uh, let's see. I'm going to scroll up to see if there were some questions yeah. earlier because there that's, was, there that's was what a I was lot doing there for too. a bit. Um, 
There was a comment from uh, earlier from Dupanshu says, though AMD is performing good, but Puget Systems still uses Intel processors on high-end PC systems that you make. Why? It depends oh. on the application. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, if you were looking like right after launch, we, updating all of our systems takes a while <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because we don't just have like custom. Like we have our kind of like our platforms, which are like their basic systems that are just like here's the kind of everything that can work on this platform, like this motherboard chipset. Um, and then we have our recommended systems that are like super highly focused on like each application, and those ones we have to go in manually and figure out like. Okay, what do, what are ninety percent of Premiere Pro users going to want, and try to limit it down to just those things? And that just took that took us like all day to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably if you look now, there'd be a lot more. Um, I do think a lot of our uh, what do we call it products or something are still Intel based. Um, some of that is just because until the recent Ryzen and Threadrippers, like Intel was just way stronger. Now that AMD's computing, we kind of have some legacy kind of stuff that we're still working through. Um, we have a plan for all that kind of stuff, but that's kind of separate. Um, and some of our high-end HPC stuff is still on Intel. Um, there's more things to work through when you're starting to deal with like HPC stuff on Linux and, you know, even with like the RTX cards, like we had some issues because like Linux drivers just take longer to come out than, than windows. And so there's just more work on those kind of things to make sure that it works well before we sell it. I know I'm sure a lot of our competitors are like, yeah, move everything. But like, they didn't actually test anything. They're just guessing that it's going to work. One, like you were mentioning with the high performance computer stuff. I know, uh, there's things like AVX 512 that Intel has and AMD hasn't. So there's there's definitely some areas where in some niche things, Intel still has a lead for one reason or another. Also, the high memory stuff, you know, if you need 512 gigs of memory, you'd have to go up to Epic for AMD and we don't carry that yet because we've been trying to find boards that actually make sense for Epic in a workstation environment. Most of the boards are server oriented. And then I will say we also haven't updated the engineering stuff. Like we were talking about earlier, we haven't done our testing on that yet. So until we actually have the firm results, we don't want to just guess and be like, oh yeah, these are probably better and find out they're until still ahead for simulation or something like that. So some of those things, a few things will lag, but I mean, right now, I think all of our, well, almost all of your game dev stuff, a lot of the video editing, a lot of the photo editing, all the photogrammetry, and I think all the VR and live streaming stuff. Oh, no, our small live streaming box stayed on Intel because of onboard graphics. So (laughs) (laughs) an HDMI capture card and all the new Ryzen chips don't have onboard graphics. So that one's staying on Intel for the moment. Yeah. Out of my things, but out of my 10 systems that I maintain myself, uh, one is Intel now, nine or AMD. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, if you go to a, if you on our website, if you look at the solutions and pick a computer, more than likely you're going to find a Ryzen system or AMD system. If you go to products and pick a computer, you're going to find an Intel just because those are, well, those are kind of just legacy things like Matt yeah, was saying. It's basically, we're shifting. It's been a multi-year shift, a slow shift. We've, um, our products were like all we had before. 
Um, but then as we move more and more to be application focused, like what do you do rather than like what hardware do you want? Um, we're shifting over those products to um, actually, if you look on there, there's two, there's a Ryzen and a Threadripper. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the direction we're actually going with those. Uh, so at some point we would have like a, I don't know, Intel 10th gen and an Intel X series. Um, and like that would be our products is just like the physical hardware. And then we base all of our recommended systems or our solutions off of those products. It's just like we were saying, there's a lot of legacy. There's a lot of duplicates in there. Like I think Deluge and Genesis are basically the same thing. It's just before we had our, our solutions, they were like one was geared towards gaming and one was geared towards like post-production. And it's just that's been replaced, but we haven't retired those systems. Um, mostly because there's a lot of like there's a lot of SEO considerations, a lot of like mm-hmm. web search and Google stuff. So you have to be really careful with that stuff or else just you make a whole bunch of changes and suddenly you have no traffic to your website. And that would be bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, Timmy. Oh, actually, I just want to shout out. Don says, hey, guys, my first script run for Max-Q 3090 data just finished. And I asked if he had anything more to say about it, but he hasn't responded yet. So so for the audience at home, uh, Don, the part of the reason why Don isn't joining us uh, today is he is very, very focused on he wants quad 3090s to work. And so he's like laser focused on that. So uh, hearing that uh, he's making some progress is very exciting. Yeah. And the reason quad 3090 doesn't work isn't because of heat, which I think a lot of people think it's because it draws too much power from the wall and it trip like people's circuits at home or at their office. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's, he's, he's investigating a power limiting and seeing like, where, how far he can drop the power without like reducing performance so much that it would just make sense to just have three thirty nineties or four thirty eighties, and trying to find where that balance is, and then we have to make the decision of man, do we want to do that? Because that's that's a really cool thing we could sell. It, it might depend on how we have to do implementation. If it's a software level thing, oh man, I'm going to argue against it because there's so many ways that could break on a customer and suddenly like they start a job and it just like blows power to like their entire office. (laughs) (laughs) If you do it like a BIOS level or a firmware level, sure. That'd be so cool. The Puget Systems custom graphics card. Yeah. Or like partnership. That'd be neat. You just have to make sure (laughs) if we do custom firmwares, we're not like voiding any warranties that we can't get RMAs and... Oh, oh yeah. Oh, there's yeah. Oh, RMAs. Oh. Yeah. It, it would be a big of... project. It's a lot bigger project than just like seeing if we can do it. <laughs> yeah. That's step one. Yeah. What, <laughs> Does it function? In Jurassic Park, you were so fixated on whether you could do it, you didn't talk to <laughs> Yeah. <you. laughs> you should. Yep. Yep. Life finds a way, William. Okay. Yeah. Don will find a way. <laughs> Don finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That does bring us a little bit over our hour for the day. So um, I'll, I think we'll just wrap it up. We'll say goodbye. Um, thanks everybody for joining us uh, today. This was a this was I wouldn't say our best one yet. I big thanks to the audience for asking the questions. Big thanks to Matt and William and Kelly for taking the time out of your day to answer the questions. Um, yeah. This was this was great. Thank you guys so much. Um, and uh, so we do this every Wednesday and Friday. Um, we have a live stream at 1 p.m. Pacific. Wednesdays we bring uh, industry experts from outside the company on to talk about their workflow and their process and things like that. Uh, and then Fridays are ha- we have um, 
usually it's one one person from our labs team, but because of big big product launches, big hardware changes like this, we bring the whole team in to talk about how things have changed and kind of give a little bit of advice and and that crossover between the hardware and software. So mark your calendars, Wednesdays, Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific. Oh, it's too dark. Oh no. Wake up. What happened to the settings? Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. It's a good way to end the stream. <laughs> It was the best stream. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I just got rid of him. No, I didn't. <laughs> there we go. We'll leave on Ludo. All right, you guys have a good afternoon, and uh, and we'll see you all next time. Goodbye.